Welcome to episode 74 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast that take, talks about iPhone, iPad, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and related technologies plus tips, apps, and gear. And I'm your host, Dave Ginsberg, and this is a special episode. I have my guest in live in person here in beautiful Woodstock, Illinois, uh, Mr. Mike Potter from the from, from Mac Eyes Only and from uh, Mac Stock, of course. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> hey, Dave. How you doing? Good. And yes, that was me clinking mugs in the background. That's we're okay. Here, we're here in my Urzat studio at fact, my I'll, office. I'll open my bottled water here. There you, you go. The, open up the, your bottled cap, water. So we have some... all kinds of liquid refreshment noises we've got going on here. And this is actually the very first episode I got to, I'm going to get to use. Uh, Mike, you got the... the uh, honors of being the very first person i'm using my roadcaster uh, pro um, uh, board here to record the episode and i'm super excited about that so uh hopefully it sounds a lot better than it has in the past but uh well i guess we'll assume find out after post but <laughs> we'll see what happens you, here, you so. should be excited that is a really cool device yeah. i i'm i'm a little jealous i have to say i Actually, I've been looking at that one myself. I yeah. mentioned on Chuck's Mac Voices last week that I'm investigating ways to improve the sound in the breakout room at MacStock, and that uh, Roadcaster is actually one of the devices I've been looking at. So this is my opportunity to see it firsthand. Yeah, no, yeah, it's I it's been on my wish list for a while, and well, I got lucky and was able to pulled the trigger and i bought actually just yesterday as we record this episode so uh so this we're kind of out of sync uh warren will actually be back uh our next episode but uh, i figured we, why not i'm here with mike we wanted to talk about max talk talk about ios talk about all kinds of fun stuff uh this week so um first thing, first thing we could talk about uh is the fact that you said to me that you have not upgraded to ios 13 as you've yet. <laughs> no. you're probably one of the very few people i know are at a holdout uh for am that. i maybe i mean i mean uh, Warren's one to upgrade right away, so I don't expect <laughs> he would. He's already on every, every beta you can think of right now. He's already on beta uh, thirteen point three. So, but uh, what uh, what is your thoughts? Why uh, you're holding off? I used to do that. I used to be on the beta program, and I used to get get all the latest uh, and and greatest on both my Macs and and iOS devices. But yeah, something is holding me back this time, and and I think it's just there, there are so many major changes in uh, Mac OS that I'm I'm pretty much locked to Mojave on most of my Macs, to be honest. I, I'm I'm dependent upon a number of different apps that uh simply will not be uh, upgraded to sixty-four yeah. bit. Um and I feel like I'm kind of stuck there for a while. So the hesitation on iOS is not so much uh, because of the reports we're hearing about these people having that problem or this person having the other problem or whatever. Because um, normally I'll just upgrade right away. I'll keep my wife and daughter from upgrading, but I'll upgrade it and I'll be the guinea pig and sure. I'll say, okay, let's go ahead and test this out. Um, but this time I've only upgraded a couple iPads. We have an old mm-hmm. iPad Air uh, that actually upgraded itself. Uh, we weren't <laughs> expecting it to. And then uh, we have a, another newer iPad. Let's see, what are they on now? Was it? Fifth generation iPad is that the current one? Seventh gen. Uh, I mean the the three hundred and twenty nine dollar one. Yeah, what are they calling it? they're calling it seventh gen. I think it's seventh gen. Okay, yeah. sorry. So I I have then have a oh no, it is a fifth gen. I have I have a fifth gen then. Right. Um, and uh, we did upgrade that one. Well, you said the Air. I thought you have the Air or the Air two. Air I, two. I think the Air because Air is the end of the road. Yeah, I just make sure. I was uh, that. abbreviating the name. Yeah, so. <laughs> it was. It's an Air two. Yeah. 
And uh, so, so we got both of those upgraded. Not seeing a whole lot that's new or different in terms of what I do with it. Uh, I would be upgrading my iPhone except for reminders. Yes. Reminders is the thing that's keeping me from upgrading, really. It's not, has nothing to do with, with anything else on, on iOS other than reminders. Uh, I have actually in the past year or so come to become dependent upon reminders. I never used them before. Never used them before. And now I started using them about a year, year and a half ago for MacStock. Mm -hmm. Have come to depend upon them. Yes. And with my inability to upgrade, not my inability to upgrade my, there are two, two of my Macs that I can't upgrade past Mojave, right. but um, my inability to upgrade my Macs uh, because of certain apps I use and things like that. Um, I, I, I know I, I can just not tap that upgrade now button. You know, I, I don't have to upgrade to the new format. Yeah. But I'm reasonably confident, and I may be wrong on this, but Apple's going to force our hand at some point. You would think. It, it, you know, at some point along the line, they're going to say, okay, you've had plenty of opportunity to upgrade all your computers to Catalina and all your iPhones to iOS 13, so you just have to go to the new format. Right. And I think that's kind of what's, what's keeping me from up upgrading. Um, so I have been investigating other reminder apps. I've been looking at actually Microsoft To Do. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I've, looks. I've, I've been playing with that. Yep. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. uh, the the uh, hesitation there is not the other apps. It's that there isn't or doesn't seem to be a very easy way to get the reminders that are in Apple's reminders into the other reminder apps. And that's. Um, that's kind of been my holdup. So I've, I've just kind of been in this, this pattern kind of circling around iOS 13 and Catalina. I did upgrade my MacBook to Catalina, um, but that's kind of my sacrificial lamb uh, <laughs> Mac right. these days. Uh, but uh, that's it. I mean, everything else that I use, so, uh, you know, I use the Sling Studio from MacStock, and that yep. is driven by the iPad Pro. Mm -hmm. So I was a little hesitant at first to upgrade that, but um, no, Sling says everything's good. They're good for iOS 13, so there shouldn't be any hesitation there on upgrading it. Um, I don't know. Uh, there was promise of a calculator coming to iOS 13 on the iPad, and that hasn't happened, I don't think. So <laughs> uh, I, I have no real incentive to upgrade at this point, although I will. I will. It just hasn't no, happened yet. You're probably smart a lot of, compared to a lot of people, and we talked about it on previous episodes, uh, the fact that... Um, started at 13.0 i of course have as everybody knows i have the iphone 11 uh, pro max yeah so as soon as it came out is 13.0 um but then two days later 13.1 comes out 13.11 they're not doing two so it just kept going we we talked about this and i that's always I, concerning to it, me it's concerning i mean yeah. this has been and i can't i can't say i blame you because this this has been kind of one of the more bizarre uh releases with apple because i've not seen them have this many releases of fixes and bugs, bug fixes uh, on a, on a version than in the past. I mean, maybe, maybe they were, they weren't being as aggressive as they are now, hard to say, but they're realizing that uh, there are, there has been some bugs and they really rushed to get iOS 13 out, especially because the new iPhones came out. Well, and yeah. And, and I guess that's probably the main driving factor behind rushing it out like they did, but it, the weird thing to me was not to, focus on this too much but reminders oh yeah then you said so here ios 13 they they upgraded everybody at ios 13 and then kind of retroactively said oh yeah by the way don't upgrade the database on it 
if you haven't upgraded to Catalina, which, oh, by the way, you can't do that yet because we haven't released it. Right. So the whole process, the whole release process was, of one followed by the other, but okay. then this, this little dependency on, on the two was a little weird. A little weird. Yeah. So it, was, it didn't seem like uh, the planning was quite there for it. So it sounds free to you. It just sounds like more of it's more of the reminders is really affecting your decision to, to really just go, go forward. Is there any other things that, that, that are been holding you back? No, not, not really. I mean, uh, quite honestly, most of the apps I use on it are not Apple apps. The, the primary app that I use that is Apple is probably messages. Okay. Other than uh, that, though, most everything else I use is third-party apps, and all those have been upgraded and they're ready to go for iOS 13. So I don't think there are really any major stop gaps uh, I'm looking right now at my phone as we're talking, and it's yeah. uh, Firefox has actually become my primary browser oh, really? on iOS. I love Firefox on iOS. I've come to get a little tired of Chrome. It, it's gotten uh, a little sloggy to me. I'm a Firefox user on my Mac, so that's my uh, primary And browser. it syncs beautifully to the Mac. I, I love it, and I love being able to send a tab from one device to the other. I think yeah. that's a fantastic feature. Um, I do use the Google app for news. I use Fantastical. Um, I use Hangouts, Google Hangouts, and Gmail, the Gmail app. And, sure. and those are the primary apps on my main screen. And as I'm, as I'm flipping through the other screens, most everything else that I use is uh, third party. So It should be solid on 13. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, all, they're all very solid on there. I'm not even all that heavy of a FaceTime user, which is a little surprising. But yeah. uh, I, I do use messages a lot. It's interesting you say Fire Firefox is being your default browser because you know I don't hear that too often, um, which is good. No, I mean it's it's, it's a good thing because I I am I, I really like Firefox a lot. I, I think it's on the Mac. I that's that's my I, I go back between uh, the Chrome and Firefox, and there's some apps I have to use Chrome for 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 reasons the way the way they are. I I've pretty much have abandoned Safari on the Mac. I don't really use Safari that often, although I still ha I find myself still using the Safari browser on on ios more but uh that's interesting you say that I, I may go back and explore a little further um firefox also has a other browser i don't know if you're familiar with it called firefox focus i am and that's yes. that's the privacy browser uh, yes. so, so which is awesome because you can just launch this browser and if you want to surf private um because there's a lot of times you go some of these these websites you don't want them looking at um, downloading cookies and a lot of the uh, stuff that uh, you want to keep it to be a private browsing experience not having to turn it on well they've got a focused well it's called focused so focused browser uh for just that reason i have gotten pretty good at the keystrokes for turning into the uh you know the privacy browsing mode on the mac either uh, shift command n or shift command p shift command p is firefox um, firefox actually makes it pretty easy to shift into uh, privacy privacy browsing mode yeah uh, but it's nice to have that on by default and that that's where focused is great uh, you know, I was thinking about it as you were talking there. I all but abandoned Chrome. Yeah. Uh, and it's not really because it was... Actually, it did become a bit of a problem on the Mac. Uh, the Chrome syncing had gotten incredibly problematic uh, on Mac OS. On iOS, it still worked. But on Mac OS, it yeah. kept logging me out. It kept making me resign in. And I, I finally yeah. I got tired of it. Sure. I said, that's it. I need to find another Chromium browser that isn't Chrome. And... Oddly enough, I settled on Opera. I went through a lot yeah. of different... Which is on iOS. Yeah, which is on iOS. I don't use it on iOS. No, right. But it, it, I've settled on, um, on Opera 
as a Chromium browser after going through probably two or three different browsers that run on the Chromium engine. Um, and that's because I, I do use primarily two different browsers. Firefox is my daily driver. And then the secondary uh, browser that I often use for client work or I use for uh, business specific things was Chrome. Mm -hmm. uh, and I wanted a, a, a nice, easy way to get everything that was in Chrome over to another browser and, and sticking with Chromium helped with that. Right. Uh, and then like you, I, I, I never really have used Safari. Well, and on it, Mac, yeah. On, on Mac. Yeah. And I don't really use it on iOS except when it opens un, unbeknownst to me. Right. You know, when you're in an app and it just, it just goes to open your browser and what does it default to? It defaults to Safari. So that's, that's the, the few times I use Safari on, on iOS. Otherwise, it's, it's Firefox. Okay. All right. So uh, I didn't think we'd get into that discussion, but that's great. I mean, because <laughs> a lot of, lot of uh, people are always asking us, asking me about, you know, why all these different browsers? And I've done browsers in the past. And one other browser I'll mention, too, is Edge. I'm, I'm super stoked about Edge now being a Chromium-based yeah. uh, version. I've been beta testing the Mac version. And they already had the iOS version uh, as it is. So I think Edge is going to be another browser to look at for the future because uh, Microsoft announced that it's going to be released uh, to everybody uh, in January, January 15th for on, on Windows as well as Mac. And um, and on iOS too, it's it's going to be something to, to take a look at. I mean, I found, some, uh, I found that it is uh, very efficient and it's fast for compared to, uh, compared to Chrome for sure. So another browser to look at as well. You know, it, it's easy to just jump and say, well, it's Microsoft, so I hate it because I'm an Apple guy, right? right? But the truth is, Microsoft has been doing some wonderfully great stuff. Amazingly. In, in <laughs> recent years. And it's, it's funny how a simple change in leadership can bring about that kind of change. Etienne Adela has just made a world he, of difference. He's a fantastic... Uh, CEO, and I'm I'm so happy that Microsoft found them and and put them in charge because they're they're really doing some great stuff there. Um, I love their investment in the Linux community. Um, I love their investment in open source in general. Yeah. I love the fact that they um, have switched to the Chromium engine for Edge. Uh, it, it, as funny as that sounds, or as funny as it will sound when I say this, Edge is going to have to really prove itself to me. I you know I when when you Started with web browsers back in 94 and 95, uh, there were only a couple choices. And one of those choices was uh, from the University of Illinois, actually, yeah, is right. where that browser came from. And Mosaic. that was the original Internet Explorer engine was based on that. Right. And then Microsoft um, split from there and, and built their own engine. And as is kind of the case with Windows. Uh, it never really fully gelled into something that was safe and secure and fast, you know. And uh, it was a very smart decision of theirs to switch to Chromium. Uh, I'm still waiting for one of my predictions to come true. I made this prediction in a blog post years ago. It must be 10 plus years ago. <laughs> I made this prediction in a blog post uh, that Microsoft would dump the NT kernel and move to the Unix Linux kernel. And I still it's think that that possible. is a possible, now more than ever, that's a distinct possibility. And I would love to see that happen. 
Um, I don't know what that would mean for other operating systems out there, but I, I, do, I, I do and I would love to see that happen because I would love to see some of the apps that are currently Windows and or Mac only take that leap to Linux. Linux is a wonderful daily driver these yeah, days. Is. Daily driver these days. <laughs> it's a wonderful daily driver. Uh, it makes a great desktop operating system, but there are still some key apps that are missing. And I think a, a push from someone like Microsoft with the installation base that they have to that kernel would help companies like Adobe decide to make that. I'm actually surprised Adobe hasn't done it yet. Yeah, I mean, and I talked about Adobe uh, last episode about um, Photoshop for the iPad. They finally released it. Um, again, I think Adobe is really slow to the game. Adobe likes their their subscription service, and they're just sitting back and being comfortable, um, not only for Mac PC as well as iOS. And I think uh, people want to be able to do a lot of their editing on their iPads uh, these days, and uh, it's just unfortunate that they haven't uh, haven't reacted that reacted to that as of yet either so well you know the interesting thing is that i've actually said and i can't remember if i said this on for mac guys only if i said this in a blog post or if i just said it in a casual conversation with someone but adobe can control the entire stack if they create their own distro true i mean think about that the adobe linux distro with the adobe apps built in available with a subscription i'm not a fan of the subscription but this is what they're going to do right available with a subscription so now they control the operating system and the apps that creatives want to use. And all you really need to do is have a hardware platform to stick it on. Well, guess what? They can do that too if they really want to. I don't think they should. But if they came out with their own distro and, and, and built the Creative Cloud suite into it, man, that would, that would be a killer to, to Microsoft and yeah. Apple both. So uh, let's change gears a little bit here. Um, I found this news story on 9to5Mac. Well, um, no, no, it was a good discussion. I'm not, you, you laugh, but um, I want to get a spin back onto iOS here a little bit. And Apple, uh, an Apple Watch is, is my topic here. Um, you might say we want to get back in touch with iOS. In touch with iOS, yes. yes. Very good. Uh, and uh, there's, there was an article on 9to5Mac. I'll have a link in the show notes uh, on how the Apple Watch a noise app uh, changed the life of his son with autism. Have you, used hmm. the, have you used the noise app at all on your on your Apple Watch? No. Are you familiar with it? <laughs> no, I am not. So is that similar? Oh, oh, the the um uh, detects the the noise decibels. The noise the decibel level. Decibel levels. Yes. No, yes. I have not. You know why? Because you're not in noisy I've locations. Not upgraded to uh, oh, there's the another watch OS because you have to be on six. Yes. I don't have iOS 13 yet. It uh, will not upgrade my right. watch until right. I get iOS 13. So. Okay. So this will be. There you a, go. A listening of what uh, this does. Um, I've talked about the noise app, and it, it's really awesome. I, I was very impressed with the fact that here you have a watch sitting on your wrist and being able to be in an environment to tell you whether or not you're you're you're, you're in a, in a loud um, if you're if you're in a loud uh, situation or not, or if it's like a concert, a good example. Potentially um, could damage your hearing right. so, being in this environment. On your watch, it'll pop up and say loud, and it says repeated long-term exposures to sound can damage your hearing. Okay, so, um, so 103 decibels. So it, even even in in a, in a normal room you might be in, you may be at 40, 50, 60, 70 decibels depending on 
sure. you know, depending on where you are. But the, the, so knowing the fact that you have this device on your wrist that it's going to measure how much sound is, uh, is, could potentially be damaging your ears, not only to all the other health benefits that watch has. Well, this article actually talks about a, um, a young boy, actually he was 21 years old. He's autistic. And if we know, I mean, I'm not by no means an expert of autistic, uh, autistic kids, but I know that I always see that a lot of autistic kids have to wear headphones over their ears because sensitive they're to, very sensitive to sounds. And yeah. to, um, so really what the, what the article said was uh, um, when someone was speaking too loudly or too softly, he knew it based on the noise app. So it would, wow. it, it would really sense uh, him being able to and help him sense, be much better with his sensory perceptions with sound. Um, take a look on at that article. It was it was just it was pretty impressive. But I'm I'm glad I brought it up because it is something more reason you want to get some upgrades because there are some 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 benefits to some of the things that uh, the Apple Watch as well as yeah. iOS has. Apple, you know, you you can criticize them, you can praise them, but one thing that they've done consistently well is their accessibility efforts. Yeah. Oh, uh, whether it's vision or hearing or in the case of of this particular app it's not something you would necessarily think of as an accessibility tool at first glance and yet here's proof that it is very much that and uh, you know the fact that apple can put in a device that runs 250 bucks not only this fantastically amazing tool right but all the other tools that come built into the watch or that you can uh, you know find a third-party app to do for you any one device if if you look at devices that measure decibel levels in a room i would be i would be willing to bet i could be wrong because i haven't looked this up but i'd be willing to bet that they're far more than 250 dollars. oh yeah and now we've got that built right into the watch now actually do um Correct me if I'm wrong here, but that is only available on the Series 4 or higher, correct? I thought it's part of iOS 6. I could be wrong. Or is it on watch can OS you do 6? It on the, as long the as it's series, on watch OS 6. You can do the uh, Series 3 as well? I'll have to check that. Sure. I had thought that the other models do have the capability, mm. but you, could, you might be right, Series 4 and higher. My wife is convinced that my, my uh, ever diminishing hearing what what did you say is because of how loud i listen to music in dorms but checking the uh i probably should have had an apple watch then <laughs> i'm checking the uh the noise app uh the support article i have here well we'll get that in the show notes and i'll just uh, we'll confirm that but i think series three also does it hmm. so cool we'll get that uh get that confirmed. so um, the other topic I want to bring up, and I know you're a big D- Disney fan, which is awesome. I know Huge. I know you love Disney. Um, we talked about it last episode, but it's still, it's still worthy of talking about again. Disney Plus, Disney Plus streaming service. Yes. It's, it's hot right now. I yes, mean, you did some, talk about that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And um, I wanted to kind of get your um, views of, and, uh, on what, uh, if you like the Disney Plus service, is it, was it something that you think was, you were happy that Disney got into? So what were your initial thoughts about it? Hmm. Well, unlike Apple, I think Disney Plus is kind of a natural for Disney. Uh, I'm I'm still not convinced that Apple TV Plus was the right direction for Apple. I, you know, I get yeah. it. I know why they might want to do it, and sure. and understand. And it looks like some of the content is pretty pretty good. I think Dickinson looks awesome. 
Yeah, you can binge watch that now. I know. And I, 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 I have not subscribed. I mentioned this on Chuck's show last week. I have not subscribed yeah. to Apple service yet. Um, Disney Plus I did subscribe to because they yeah, you a deal. sent me a deal that I just couldn't pass up. It was something like uh, two, you know, three years for the price of two or something like that. And, and the timing of it was really, really good because uh, it was just this week that Hulu announced they're going to increase their prices by 20% next month. So that's a killer. Uh, the interesting thing is that when you can actually sit down and compare the prices of what you get for the Hulu Plus less commercials or Hulu Live TV uh, plus Hulu without commercials is uh, $60.99 a month. And if I look at YouTube TV and then look at adding on Hulu with, without commercials or something, I'm actually going to be paying more. So we're, we're kind of deciding what we're going to do come December. Uh, because the switch for us is December 18th. I don't know if it is for everybody else, but you know we're paying $51 now, and they're pumping it to $61. That's not yeah. an insignificant increase when you look at the percentages. Right. So Disney Plus. Disney Plus, I think it's going to run us, uh, over the course of the first three years, something like, I don't know, an insane three bucks a month or, <laughs> or something like that. It was, it was too good of a deal to pass up. Uh, so we did subscribe to it. Uh, loaded up the dutifully loaded loaded up the app uh, the on the twelfth when it came out, and um, you know it's 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 great especially if you are a Disney fanatic and uh, you just want instant access to this back catalog of movies and TV shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very important to point out that it's not quite as complete as they made it sound like it would. Uh, there are several key shows that are not there, properties that Disney owns that are not there inexplicably. I'm not sure why they're not there. Uh, there was a fantastic animated series uh, back in the early 2000s called House of Mouse, not there. Hmm. The Muppets, not there. You can only get the latest Muppets TV series that was on ABC just a few years ago, which was great. But what about the originals? What about that Muppet Show classic that Disney owns. Right. Why is that not there? That doesn't make sense. There, no, it doesn't make sense. Uh, they they never released anything past season three on DVD. So there's there's something about that. I'm, I'm, I I I wouldn't be surprised if it were a legal tussle with the Henson family or something like that. But there, you know, for for whatever reason, this very important property that they own is not there. Talk about a way to breathe new life into. Uh, a series that you own. Uh, instead, they're pushing The Simpsons, which yeah. is all thirty years is on there. Which is okay, but they're also cropping it oddly. They're they're not. Uh, they're they're basically pan and scanning it. So they're taking the the four by three episodes and they're cropping them to fit a sixteen by nine, which is interesting. In a in a blog post I read, they pointed out how visual jokes that are embedded yeah. in the scenes are actually being cut off because of the way that the shows are being cropped. So mm. that's a little disappointing. Uh, granted it wasn't their property to begin with, but there you go. So my main interest in Disney plus is, is really their new programming. I, okay. you know, let's be honest, Disney fan. I own all the movies. Sure. They come out on Blu-ray. They came out on DVD. I own them. And it's it's not that I have to go get the disc out because for the past what 
four or five years, Disney has been including a free digital copy with it. So in their Movies Anywhere service, not only do I have it on the Disney streaming app, I've got it on, on iTunes, I've got it on Amazon, I've got it in Google. I've got these movies anywhere I want them, thanks to Movies Anywhere, hence the title. So it's not even that I need a digital copy of it, because I, I own that too. So it, the back catalog doesn't interest me quite as much as, other than for casual viewing. You know, if, I'm, if I just want to, oh, let's watch this old Mickey cartoon, or let's watch this. Um, it, it's interesting that they have a lot of Pixar shorts on there that are already out there for free on YouTube. Um, so that's kind of interesting, but uh, it's the new stuff. It's the Mandalorian, and it's the Jeff Goldblum series, and it's things like that that I'm a little bit more interested in, and I will be watching that. Uh, there's a, I'll be darned if I can remember the name of it right off the top of my head, but there's a series that takes you behind the scenes of Imagineering, and I'm really interested in sure. watching that series, and there's going to be a companion book. A book. Oh, mm-hmm. right, with paper oh, and all. Oh, you can read a book? All that, all that fancy uh, wood pulp that's going to be in it. Um, that's coming out in December. That's a companion book to that series, and probably buy that book. That's the kind of thing that I do as well, a Disney fan. You, you're passionate about it, like we're uh, passionate other things. So, so yeah, it's the it's the new programming I'm most interested in, more so than old episodes of Simpsons, Hannah Montana, or Simpsons. Hannah Montana is that Disney? Yes. I don't know. I think it. Is. Um. How do you normally consume uh, watching your streaming services? Do you are you doing it on your iPad or you mostly on your TV? Maybe Apple TV. Do you use uh... what a leading question that was, David? Um, no, uh, on a Roku. Roku. Okay. Roku Ultimate is what I use. Um, I do have two Apple TVs. There's one not more than four feet away from us as we're speaking right now uh, <laughs> that drives this display in my office, and its primary purpose is to put what's on my my Mac screen up on the big screen when I'm showing stuff off for clients and things like that. Uh, so there's an Apple TV back there, uh, which cannot be upgraded anymore. So I'm not running it's the latest TV OS on that. Yeah, it's free. Uh, still works great for oh, what I use it they're for. Fine. They're still fine. And then I have the classic silver Apple TV at home. Oh, you know, they're, they're the first generation, the first generation. With the hard drive in it and all that. It still works. It still works and uh, not used. It's unplugged right now, as yeah. I should point out. Uh, but I do have that one. So I, it's not like I'm a stranger to Apple TVs, but I really do like the Roku ecosystem. Uh, mm. It did have some channels that weren't at one time available on Apple TV, so uh, that's why I kind of went with that. But uh, Apple TV's uh, come into its own. It's it's um, nice. a much better platform than it was when I last used it regularly, and it would be a fantastic substitute. Roku is just that that's, that's what I have, and I haven't had a need to update it. Um, so that's where I, I consume almost everything. And then secondarily, on the iPad Pro. Okay. All right. Let's uh, change another gear here. We're, we're, we're going back and forth here different uh, topics here, but I found another interesting story. You know, it's getting close to Black Friday. You know, yes. Thanksgiving's uh, coming upon us in the United States. and uh, Less than two weeks, I yeah, think. Black Friday is actually very late this year because, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, you talking to Chuck Joyner saying, uh, you know, Cyber Monday is on December. It's actually in December <laughs> this year. December. Yeah, it's December 2nd. And uh, we'll talk about Cyber Monday here in a minute, but about another topic there. But uh, um, there's a big news story, and this is also on 9to5Mac, about the fact that um, they're going to be selling an Apple Watch Series 3 for $129. I know. So there is no excuse at this point 
for someone not to have an Apple Watch. The three is a fantastic watch. I and and I can say that with authority because I'm actually right. wearing one right at the moment. And I still have the four. I did not upgrade. You have Surprising, the four. Surprisingly enough, I have not upgraded this. Everything I, else, yes. But. My wife has the four, uh, and uh, I have the three. And you know what? I am very very happy with it. I I there are certainly some things about the four that I would like. Um, but I have not quite felt compelled to make yeah. that leap. Uh, probably we'll look at next year's yeah. model when it Even comes the out. Six and, and probably comes out. I mean, I might them. look at that point, but there yeah. was only a couple things that between the four and the five, so just um, minor, minor upgrade. But th- for someone to get into having an Apple Watch, I mean, obviously you have to have an iPhone uh, in order to have the Apple Watch. Um, this price point is amazing, and 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 the thing thing is too, it's not going to be. All the big big time retailers, Amazon, Walmart, Best Buy, Target, all are going to probably sell this watch at that price. So, and the good thing is, Apple is still making this watch. So there's, it's not like they didn't stop making. It. They're still making it, and it kind of um, it kind of is encouraging too to someone like me who uses it on a regular basis to know that Apple is likely to support it now for several years to come if they're still selling brand new ones as late as. You know, Black Friday, two thousand nineteen. Um, but uh, I, we will have a link in the show notes about this art uh, on this article about this, and uh, uh, I just tell you, buy an Apple Watch. <laughs> I love it. I, I I can't imagine. I you know you know I had a different uh, smartwatch before right. the Apple Watch, and, and I think last time you were on the show, you, you asked me, is it is it worth when when your wife wanted to to buy the uh, Apple Watch series the four? I, yeah, the series four. That. Yeah. And uh, I had that Moto 360, and it was nice. But unless you've used an Apple Watch, you just don't know how seamless Apple makes the experience and how much better the sensors are on it than, well, at the time, the Moto 360 that I had. Uh, I'm sure some of the other watches that are out there now are, are much improved, but I can't, I can't envision even wanting to look back at something different. Yeah, it, it'd be crazy, crazy at this point. So, um, anything else that's been uh, uh, making you happy with iOS with your uh, iPhone as of late? You've been uh, other than we got to get you upgraded. <laughs> what they still sell this new? It's the eight plus. Oh, no, I mean upgraded OS. Yes, upgraded OS. But the, yeah, but that said, it is the iPhone eight plus, and um, I did buy it. New uh, two years ago, 2017, I think. So yeah, the, uh, the A plus is fine. It's, it's, I think it's, it's fine. Good, it's a perfectly good phone. Uh, my wife has the 10, 10 R, okay. um, and it's a nice phone. Uh, I, I don't know. I I am very happy with Touch ID. I, I I have exposure to both, of course, with Face ID on my wife's phone because uh, I'm helping with that quite a lot. Um, I like the touch id experience better so i'm really eager to hear how or if these rumors will pan out about an in-screen fingerprint sensor for 2020 i think that would be a nice addition you can still do face id but why not include that in-screen fingerprint sensor too while you're at it yep um i uh are you are you an airpods user at all do you use airpods i am not because okay, I do, I do have the AirPods Pro. I did do my review last uh, last show, so I'll have to show those to you after the show. But uh, they're um, 
They're amazing. And they just actually just came out with a, um, a strangely enough, a firmware upgrade. No one knew, knew about it other than very observant Apple people in the Apple community saying, oh, it looks like the, like the firmware was upgraded on it, but there's no information to why or what was upgraded or any of that. But uh, apparently they, they just did, did an upgrade to the um, AirPods. Pro. I don't remember hearing of any issues with the new. No, no, they work great. I mean, yeah. I've raved about them. I, if I could be using them on this board right now, I'd be using them. But unfortunately, you got you can't you can't do Bluetooth on a, on, on this. But uh, they uh, uh, they are pr- pretty amazing. So um, they're nice. You know, if you did hear uh, my conversation with Chuck the other day, one of the questions he asked me it was one of his famous five questions episodes, and one of the question, questions he asked is what streaming services do you subscribe to? And the answer right. is none. none. I, I don't. I mean, technically, I guess I subscribe to Amazon Prime. Uh, because I, I subscribe to Amazon Prime and I do occasionally flip it on and, and listen to music just like I occasionally flip on Pandora or Spotify or something like that. Um, and technically we subscribe to the business version of Spotify at my wife's store uh, so that we can stream music there. Uh, but yeah, I... Uh, I don't subscribe to one, and and I don't really listen to music on my iPhone all that much. It's either in the car, using the car speakers, right, or sitting at my Mac, using the Mac speakers. So very rarely do I even use headphones. So I think, kind of like the Apple Pencil, it would probably be one of those things that I purchase and then just have to remember to keep recharging every few weeks. Yep. And I I don't need another device in my life that I need to remember to recharge. So I've I have not. Not yet purchased them, although I do think they look like they're fantastic. They're fantastic earbuds, I, and and well, it's a communication tool, really. Yeah. Um, but I haven't, haven't had a need for them. All right. Let's uh, before we wrap things up here. Let's um, you know we got Max Talk 2020 coming pretty soon here, and sooner than we think. Yeah, and you just talked about it with Chuck uh, Joiner and on, on Mac Voices, but. Uh, I know you you did mention there's potentially going to be a uh, uh, early bird or, or I'm sorry a, a Cyber Monday sale coming up. Um, yes, I just not... kind of tease people because you know, we it's not up yet, but I, I definitely will be one of your podcasters that'll be uh, telling everybody you need to go jump on this great amazing deal. Yes, this is a one day only sale. Right, uh, we started this last year for the first time. It went really well. And so I said, well, let's let's give it another try this year. Uh, we did have our largest attendance ever this year in 2019. That's awesome. I'm super proud of that. I'm super proud of all the presenters we had. Cool. Um, <laughs> you, yourself included. Just an amazing year of MaxDoc. And with so many more people having come, I wanted to make sure that all those folks had the opportunity to get the best pricing that they could on a MaxDoc ticket. So we are going to do a Cyber Monday sale again this year. It's Like I said, it's a one-day sale. Um, December 2nd and, uh, pretty much from all my intention is pretty much from midnight, 1201, just like December 2nd, yep. (laughs) Until the end of the day, uh, central time, I should point out Chicago time, Yep, central time. Um, we're going to be running the sale with a hundred dollars off the regular price of max stocks two day weekend pass. So max stock is going to take place. This it's going to be our sixth year in 2020 i can't believe it It i I was there all five years too (laughs) i know i know and uh, it's july 25th and 26th 2020 yep 
uh, that's uh, Saturday, Sunday. Right here, you know, we are actually just, in, yeah. uh, as we record this, we're in Woodstock, Illinois. It's just up the road at McHenry County College. They have a fantastic auditorium there. And um, yeah, we, we, there's not a whole lot to announce quite yet, right? We, right. we awesome. only put out the first call for speakers. We don't have our speakers lined up yet. Uh, we don't have any special activities lined up yet. Uh, that's all going to be coming very soon. But Cyber Monday sales for conferences or for um, you know online type events are always a little like this. You know, we don't really have the opportunity to to know everything there is to know about it. But if you've ever been to MacStock before, you know it it's going to be a great week. And uh, what I can tell you is that we we're going to have ten speakers again, just like we have the past few years. Uh, all those speakers are going to yep. give their 20-minute talks in the morning. That's our morning sessions on Saturday and Sunday. And then uh, everybody gets free lunch Saturday and Sunday. And then we go into the deeper dive sessions in the afternoons. Yep. Those are longer 45-minute sessions. And uh, that, so that really means you're going to get every presenter for, what is that, an hour and five minutes. Right. Uh, and then that's not even including the offstage time, the, the hallway the networking. conference, if you will. Uh, you know, you run into someone in the hallway, you run into them in the evening event, and you can you can pick their brain a little bit more, or they can pick your brain if yep. you had a particularly good question while they're giving their presentation. Uh, so we have all those presentations Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we're going to have uh, our evening event on Saturday, as we always do. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to have that second annual MaxDoc Short Film Festival. We talked yep. to Wally about it already. Wally Truinski hosted yep. it this year. He sounded like he was ready to go for the second year. So, um, Wally, if you're listening, I hope hope you're on board yes, for this. We want you, Wally. Yes, we want you. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a great great weekend. So, uh, be sure if you haven't go to max.conference and expo.com. Hopefully, put the link in the show Absolutely. notes and uh, sign up for the newsletter. The yep. newsletter is going to be one I of like the first places we we announce the Cyber Monday sale. And there's there's only a couple more announcements announcements left on that and then uh on twitter at Expo, we'll be tweeting out some of the information about the cyber monday sale as we get closer to it and take advantage of that discount i want you to come out to MaxDoc, and i want you to have the best price on the tickets you can absolutely get so that's gonna be too. december 2nd <laughs> uh cyber monday and that's how you can get that special discount all right well with that, let's. Uh, I think everybody pretty much knows how to get a hold of you. But uh, why don't you just tell everybody how uh, they reach you uh, with their Twitter, Twitter, and uh, MaxDoc, and all the th things that you do? Oh, sure. Well, uh, we just talked about MaxDoc, so that would be MaxDocConferenceAndExpo.com. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at MaxDocExpo. Uh, the uh, podcast is called For Mac Eyes Only, and that's at ForMacEyesOnly.com. And uh, the Twitter handle for that is at or Mac Eyes Only. So those are probably the best ways to get a hold of me. Don't right. don't hesitate to send me a direct message or email or anything. I'm always happy to hear from everybody. He's he's very receptive to all of those cards and letters. Keep them coming. Um, thanks, Mike, for being on the show. This was great. Got to do it. We get, got to do this in person. We don't do this very often, and uh, 
we're usually doing it virtually, and uh, this was a lot of fun. And hopefully, the show sounds great on my new Roadcaster Pro here. Oh, I'm uh, looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, that gonna, that's a fantastic. Yeah, we're going to have some good sound. I got it recorded uh, on the device as well as uh, we, we we did it uh, on the computer. But I'm, I mean, this feeling the wave file on this device is going to be pretty good. So we'll we'll definitely give you uh, the best quality of audio going forward. So I'm look, looking forward to it. So I think when we've wrapped up, you've got to play the cricket sound. Yeah. Uh, maybe sh- I forgot which one it is. I think it's the green, the bo- second to bottom. Uh, was it this one? I think that's cricket. No, it was that was the rim shot. Sorry. Oh, I, I'm not doing it anymore. This isn't a comedian show, and, it, <laughs> and I'm not Guy Searle. So, all right, let's wrap things up here. Uh, th- that's a wrap for this week. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email address at feedback at intouchwithios.com. You can follow us on Twitter at InTouchWithIOS, and you can subscribe in your favorite podcatcher, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and even iHeartRadio. Or better yet, just go to our website at InTouchWithIOS.com, where all the links, are, all the ways to listen to us are there. I am Dave Ginsberg, and you can find me on Twitter at DaveG65. Thanks again, Mike, for joining me this week. This was great. Oh, a, thanks for having a, me, extra Dave. Extra special episode this week. And uh, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon.